Welcome to the PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, degree qualified nutritionist. This podcast is a place to help show you how to reduce your PCOS symptoms. Getting diagnosed with PCOS can be super confusing. It typically comes with very little information about what the condition actually is and how to manage it long-term. In this podcast, we cover the keys to understanding what PCOS is, the best approaches to improving your PCOS, and of course, how to reduce your PCOS symptoms through non-medication-based approaches. If you've been recently diagnosed with PCOS or you've had PCOS for a long time and you're wondering, what the heck do I do now and what do I need to do to reduce my symptoms, this podcast exists to show you exactly that. If you have PCOS and you want a strategic approach to help you lose weight, banish acne, stabilize your cycles, and reduce anxiety-inducing hair growth, then I would love to invite you to register for my free PCOS Masterclass. In this Masterclass, I'm going to be breaking down my exact process that I use when I'm helping clients like you reduce and resolve their PCOS symptoms without medication. To get access to the Masterclass, all you need to do is head to the link in the show notes, or you can access it directly by going to selendouglas.com forward slash webinar hyphen registration hyphen EG, or you'll find that link in the show notes below. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me in your ears right now. A bit of a different episode style today. I'm going to be sharing a little bit more of a personal story, which I don't often do. And we are talking all about stress, burnout, and how it can affect, of course, our health, but also making it relevant to PCOS. So stress, burnout, these are two terms that we hear so much about right now. I think so many of us, and of course, I work with women nearly exclusively. So this is something that I see being particularly relevant to women um, at the moment. And I think that it's very much multifactorial. We probably don't need to dive too deep into, you know, how stress negatively affects our health. Um, But in this episode, I'm going to be sharing, you know, my sort of personal experience with burnout and stress this year after I had my son in September last year and some of the challenges and things I went through. And I actually had to make a fairly big, difficult decision this year to reduce a lot of that stress. So I'm going to share a bit more into the behind the scenes of that with the hope that it's going to perhaps inspire someone to radically redirect something in their own life in service of a calmer nervous system. So just to kind of start at the beginning, what are the actual signs and symptoms of stress and burnout? And when I'm saying stress, I'm really not talking about like, uh, you know, the stresses that you might experience short term and then they go away. I'm more talking about the the chronic signs of stress. So very commonly, We might experience sleep issues, irritability, mood changes, energy changes can be a huge thing. Often people are fatigued um, and really struggling with their energy just because they're so chronically burnt out and stressed and they're probably going to be recommended more iron or something like that, but that's a story for another day. Um, Irritability, as I said, emotionalness real anxiety, um, but it can also very much present in 
physical symptoms. So even, you know, chronic stress is very much something that which can eventually affect our thyroid and it can very much affect our hormones. So with PCOS, you know, stress is something that can push out ovulation further or completely inhibit it. The uh, the hormones which govern a lot of that menstrual cycle from the top level in the brain, LH, FSH, very much can be affected by um, our stress levels. So that can then lead to either completely inhibited progesterone production if we're not ovulating or even reduced progesterone production if we are ovulating, which then can, of course, contribute to, in PCOS, higher levels of androgens. Um, and even if we don't or we have PCOS and we're ovulating, we're still getting a period, it can very much be the cause of increased premenstrual symptoms, period pain, um, period mood changes, breast tenderness, all this kind of thing, even high prolactin levels, which can push out a cycle, can all really come down to the negative effects within our body um, of stress. Weight changes even very common with stress. So it can go either way because when we're stressed, it can impact our appetites. So we might not be eating enough. And for some, this might present as actually being underweight. Um, but for others, um, you know, it can either lead to us overeating or even because it's impacting something like our thyroid, we can have down-regulated thyroid function. And then this can cause issues with our ability to lose weight equally being stressed, that increased level of cortisol and adrenaline can increase our blood sugar levels. Um, when we are experiencing this on a chronic basis, it can mean that we then have higher levels of insulin, that fat storage hormone, and we end up with carrying extra weight around the midsection and upper thighs. So particularly that midsection, it's actually referred to often as the cortisol pouch. So cortisol being that main stress hormone. The other way that um, this can all impact PCOS is that DHAS, which is one of our main adrenal hormones, um, one of our main stress hormones, higher levels and production of that is going to um, worsen the symptoms of PCOS because it is going to mean excess androgens. So can be increased acne, can be increased facial hair growth. Um, equally, if we have not necessarily an overproduction of androgens, but a low production, which often um, is quite common as well, so low DHEAS levels, this is going to mean we have a low hormonal load because DHEAS is really that precursor hormone for the rest of our um, reproductive hormones. So if we have low levels of that precursor, we're more likely to have, of course, issues uh, flowing on to the production of the rest of our hormones. So as you can see, that was a nice summary of just how intrinsically linked stress is with impacting our hormones, but even our overall health. So, you know, it's no secret that stress is hugely impactful on our health. And I personally think even as a nutritionist who talks about food all the time and supplements, that this is even bigger than food. Sleep and stress, I would always say to my clients, are your two biggest factors for promoting health. Um, and, you know, nutrition, of course, is very much wrapped in, but you could be eating all of the right things, taking all of the right supplements. And if you are stressed and burnt out, then your hormones are going to have an incredibly hard time 
regulating and your health is also going to really suffer irrespective of whether you are ticking boxes in every other area of your life. So it is really a huge linchpin that we all need to be acknowledging because in this day and age, there are so many factors, of course, and stress, burnout are just so, so prolific. So I am going to share my story with it this year and and my kind of take on stress management and really the bigger issue that we need to be considering. And this is absolutely not for any kind of, you know, pity or like sympathy or anything like that. I'm on the other side of it now and I don't need any pity or sympathy. Um, It was a good experience. And I think, again, just confirmed how resilient I am, (laughs) Um, which is a good thing in the end. So anyway, as some of you may know, last year, 2022, September, I had my first baby and I jumped back into the business fairly quickly. I was, I mean, I kind of never stopped, um, but around four weeks postpartum is when I actually started seeing clients again. So I'd intended to um, have about three months off and that's just not the way things panned out um, at the time. So I jumped back in quite quickly and I was honestly really happy to do so at the time. Like at the time, it really didn't phase me. I was like, great, really happy to. In fact, I'm happy to, you know, start seeing a clients here and there. Um, And basically before too long, you know, I started quite gradually and with a much smaller caseload than what I'd been used to. But before too long, my business was also going through, I guess, a a little bit of a new stage. and, And I sort of uh, yeah, grew that client base again fairly quickly, um, which I wasn't necessarily expecting to. So um, I was back before too long before seeing a fairly similar caseload to what I had been. And all the while I was fitting it all into way less time than I ever used to. Um, I was and still am uh, breastfeeding at the time. And so, you know, I would see a bunch of clients and then I would be breastfeeding in between. And then I would be back to seeing clients and I would be breastfeeding in between. And the thing that started to happen fairly quickly, I can't remember exactly because it's honestly all a bit of a blur was probably around December. Um, last year, I noticed that, as my caseload grew and I had these bigger chunks of time where I was working, even if I thought that it was an okay amount of time for me to go in between breastfeeds, my milk supply started dropping, whether it was the time or just the fact that I was under a little bit more pressure and stress during these periods. It's probably the stress, Um, but it started dropping. And so this then meant that my baby, clever little thing, was feeding a lot more than he would normally. So he was kind of feeding like a newborn, even though he was like four months old and we were up also a lot in the night. He was, you know, trying to increase that milk supply that I was really messing with from working so much. So that was kind of the first problem. And then the other thing I guess that I started to notice was just how much being a mum takes from you. It's of course amazing and such a blessing. And I'm so grateful. I I never take it for granted and and understand, of course, anyone hearing this that might be wanting to be a mum right now, you know, I'm really saying this from the best place. It's such an amazing experience, but it's also incredibly energy taxing. And I found that between that 
Um, also breastfeeding is quite a big energy draw, not sleeping <laughs> properly throughout the night. It takes a big toll on your body as well. And then seeing clients is also a big output in terms of energy as amazing and fulfilling as it is. And as much as I loved and still love my work, I just found that my output was so high and it didn't really seem to matter what I did to make myself feel better or fill my cup. It just wasn't working. And this sort of brought me to the start of this year, 2023. And I was kind of just going through all sorts of weird thoughts, like, do I even want to have a business anymore? You know, I didn't expect to feel like this. And I can remember one of my clients, if she's listening, she'll know who she is. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but she'd been a long-term client. And before I went on that leave, she said to me, Selene, you know, you might not, I don't want to, you know, say it before it happens, but you might not want to work the same way that you used to. And you might be different or feel different once you've had a baby. And I kind of brush it off because everyone gives you advice when you're about to have a baby. And I was at the point where I was like, no one give me advice anymore. I don't want to know. And I was kind of like, you know, that's nice, but I know myself. I'm different. I really had this mentality or, you know, self-perception, I guess, of myself as being this really hardworking, can-do-it-all type of person. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, And this is, you know, I'll just kind of keep going. Like I don't really have an off switch. And I mean, in some respects, that is beneficial some ways, but often our best quality can also be our worst at times. And so I, yeah, started getting to this place where I was kind of like, oh my gosh, maybe I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. I don't even know if I want to have a business anymore. And I was like, who am I? What is happening? My whole identity is feeling just like it's a bit of a mess. And I know that this is a really common experience for a lot of new mums. Maybe I just wasn't looking in the right places, but I didn't really see anyone or hear of anyone openly talking about it. And the other thing that I found challenging during that time is none of my friends really have businesses. So I have uh, had a bunch or a group of friends that all had babies around the same time and they, none of them have businesses. They were either indefinitely taking time off work or had at least a year off, no plans to go back or whatever. So very different sort of situations. So I kind of just felt like I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. And my partner is my best friend and I had him to, of course, talk to about it, but it just, you know, wasn't the same. And equally, just because of how things were set up, I didn't want to I guess, you know, I didn't want to make him feel bad either for kind of what I was going through. And I mean, he could see it because I'm not very good at hiding things. Um, I wear my emotions on my face, but I, yeah, I I guess I I just, it was very isolating experience. Um, And I then started having these really physical symptoms. So first it kind of started out with this like oh, I just know something's not right. I don't know if I, if, what it is and I, I don't know how I can keep going, but I just, there's something in here that's just not really fitting. And then I started getting really physical symptoms. So I would be really irritable, like almost like I just 
yeah, you could, I've just, I had a, I already have a short fuse, but it was very short and I was crying all the time at, at sort of nothing. Um, and one of my triggers, I guess, for knowing that my stress threshold is exceeded what I can tolerate is that I'll actually get a migraine, an aura migraine. So if you don't know what an aura migraine is, um, basically for me, I get blurry vision first in one eye. Um, it looks, I wear glasses. So it for me, I would be cleaning my glasses because I would literally think, oh, I can't actually see out of my glasses. Um, so that's how it starts. And then I end up getting this really intense um, head pain, which often refers like right down my neck and then behind my eye. And I'll actually then start vomiting. Um, and they'll last anywhere from four to six hours. Um, I need to go into a dark room and really just for no one to talk to me um, so that I can recover. And it's like a pounding, intense head pain. Um, and then basically the following 24 hours, I just feel kind of like a bit off. And if I put my head down, I get um, yeah, not a very nice sensation. I've had these since I was a kid. My mum has them as well and other people in our extended family. And I used to get them when I was a teenager all the time because I was going through some difficult things. Um, and then since then, I would maybe only get one once a year, if that. Um, and what started happening was I was, I got one and then, you know, the next month I got another. And then I got to the point where I was probably having close to one per week. And this was a nightmare because it then meant that in my already packed calendar and schedule, I was like having to find days that I didn't have. Also, breastfeeding when you are in that much discomfort is just not really a good time. Um, there was one instance where I actually woke up at 4 a.m. with one. So, you know, it wasn't even that it developed from something that happened during the day. I was literally waking up with it. Um, it was just a really difficult time. <laughs> um, and we talk a lot, and, and this is kind of the theme of this episode, a lot about stress management techniques. So we all know, you know, the things that we can be doing, meditation, movement, breathing, all of those different things. But sometimes you actually need to make a bigger change than that. And I was doing a lot of those things. I was eating well. I tried things like reducing my caffeine intake. And to the best of my ability, I was implementing those stress management techniques. The other thing that, of course, was adding to this, you know, bubble of burnout for me was that from about January to April of this year, I don't think either of us slept longer than maybe two hours in a stretch overnight um, because we were having a lot of sleep issues with our baby. And so, that, of course, you know, chronic stress deprivation, uh, sleep deprivation very much adds to something like that. But basically, I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I can't ignore this anymore because my body is just giving me more and more physical symptoms that uh, things are not working in my life and I need to take a step back and actually acknowledge what that is. The other thing I remember that happened was I was feeling so overwhelmed with all of my work and all the things I had in my calendar 
and I fully lost my voice. That's never happened to me, but I lost, I lost my voice for a whole week, maybe longer, 10 days. I literally was like this. I couldn't talk at all. It was even less than that. I remember the the day after it happened, there was, we didn't have, we needed to go grocery shopping and John was out at a, unless my partner was at a networking event. So I was like, okay, I'm struggling right now. And I actually went out for breakfast with our dog and baby Lumi. And um, I literally had to point to the menu because there was no voice in there. I couldn't, she couldn't hear me when I was trying to order breakfast. Um, so that's how bad it was. And that for me, I was like, okay, this is this is like the the breaking point. I'd already started from January taking steps to basically overhaul the whole business model and transition things. But after kind of that intense period, which was for me was probably like February to April, I was like, okay, I'm giving myself a cutoff point now. This needs to change. And I made a fairly difficult and I guess not impulsive, but out of necessity, um, made a decision to um, overhaul the business model and gave myself a fairly big cutoff date to do so. And I knew that this was the right thing that I needed to do because uh, I became a different person after becoming a mum, and I love what I do more than anything in the world but the way I wanted to do it really changed. Um, and I knew that I had to roll with that. Otherwise, my body was just going to keep breaking down more and more. Um, and nothing is more important to me than my health. It's one of my main values. So I basically decided, okay, here is a cutoff date. Here's the finish line. And it actually meant a bit of a counterintuitive thing, but actually, you know, sort of doubling down my workload, working even harder for a period of time, but in service of long-term reducing that stress and burnout um, to more, I guess, energetically match this new phase of life that I'm in as a mum. And, um, you know, people have said things like, oh, but, you know, you won't be in this phase forever, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, I hope to, you know, have one, maybe two more children. So I'm going to be in this phase of my life for a pretty long time. And, you know, being in this phase of life, I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy being with my kids. I don't want to be basically burnt out the whole time, which is how I was feeling running the business, how I had been before. So, Basically, the analogy that I have here for you around stress and burnout is we talk so much about stress management and all of those different things that we need to do to kind of offset stress and burnout in our lives. But when we get often to that that real pointy end of burnout where you're like, I physically cannot take this anymore, like I... I'm going to end up with something a lot worse than migraines if I keep going like this. There's something, in my opinion, so much bigger that needs your attention than more stress management strategies. An extra 20 minutes of meditation wasn't going to be the thing that fixed this for me. And 
The analogy I have here for you, just to come back to that is, you know, say you've got a nail in your foot and it's become infected. There's an infection there, right? That's the infection is what I'm likening to stress and burnout. Using stress management strategies to an extent is like treating the infection, right? But what if you actually took the time to remove the nail? And that is basically what I did. Instead of looking to kind of patch over the issue, I was like, okay, there's something really big here that I need to face and it's not going to be easy. It's also not going to be quick. It's really going to take a few months, but I really, really need to figure this out because, you know, it's it's my life really, which is the most important thing. And I, as soon as I made that decision, as soon as I committed to that and went all in on that, even though I was working more um, and, you know, on the, the physical side of things, I guess, you know, we would think that that would lead to more stress. In actual fact, because I could see the finish line and I knew what I was working towards and there was an end date in sight for me. Um, with that big energy output and workload, all of my physical symptoms went away. I stopped getting migraines and I actually haven't had one since. I My, my um, moods have been so much more stable. I've been a lot less irritable. I don't know if my partner would attest to that, but hopefully he would. Um, a lot less irritable and a lot more calm and level-headed. And there actually hasn't been a huge reduction in my workload. It is about to reduce um, finally as I come to that finish line. But the um, yeah message here in all of this is that stress management strategies, things like meditation, yoga, breathing, movement, managing your blood sugars through nutrition, implementing magnesium and um, adaptogens like ashwagandha and those things, amazing. Use them, um, but also acknowledge if there is a, you know, metaphorical nail in your life causing stress and burnout that is impacting your physical health. And really, really, really consider that you've just got this one life and you should be trying to do everything you can to remove that nail from your life. Well, I hope this episode was helpful for you in some way. I am here for you if you're going through stress and burnout. It is an absolutely horrible, horrible place to be. And um, yeah, I hope that this episode gave you some key takeaways. If you have any feedback, thoughts, anything, I would love for you to come and find me on Instagram, Celine Douglas underscore nutrition, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Before you go, a quick reminder that any information discussed on the PCOS podcast is general in nature, does not take into account your personal health circumstances, and of course, does not replace medical advice.